I did not want this to be a book for rich people to use their money to get richer. I want it to be a book for people who are broke as hell like I was in school and how you can, again, become a capitalist, become very rich, multi-multi-millionaire with no capital to start. Hey guys, we have Nathan Latka on the show. He's the host of the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast with over 10 million downloads. Currently, he's also the founder of Get Latka, an online database of B2B SaaS companies. So Nathan has created more than 30 sources of passive income revenues from real estate, food trucks, you know, software companies, Chrome plugins, and also a TV show. So recently, Nathan released a book, How to Be a Capitalist Without Any Capital. And this book has greatly impacted me. I bought two copies. I got the Audible version. I got the Kindle version. So just a backstory on how you impacted uh, my, uh, my life. I, I just started uh, as a freelance uh, remote digital marketer about eight months ago. And about one month ago, I was struggling. I was doing a lot of work. So the amount of work um, correlates to the income. So I was not sure where to go in the future. So when I got your book, this immediately showed me like, you know, how I can go on my future. Since I've got your book, I've been calling hotels, asking for media rates. I've been uh, trying to build my email list. I've been trying to ask for equity in companies. So thanks so much, Nathan. Bob, you are so welcome. I'm glad you got the copies. I'm glad you're reading. And you're not a, I know you're busy, so you're not a huge reader. I'm glad you jumped in and you read it. You read it cover to cover, right? You finished the whole thing? Yes, cover to cover. And now I'm devouring the Kindle version. I love it. Well, thank you for having me on. Yes. So this book, right, um, you know, How to Be a Capitalist Without Any Capital, is uh, teaches you how to make money, keep money, and grow money, and live like the new rich. So, Nathan, can you tell us, you know, how do you define the new rich? I think, look, I define the new rich as people who are really lazy, but also like money. Like, I am very lazy, so I always find the quickest way to do things to make money so I can go back to being lazy and have a blank calendar. And so the new rich have really figured this out and they're using things like email scripts, buying and selling companies, Airbnb, Turo, tons of things I, I list in the book. Um, you know, they're, they're just, they're not following the conventional path. They're getting stuff free using very small Instagram followings. Um, so that's what the book's all about. Great stuff. Um, so I've got a lot of value from this book. So um, there are a lot of people out there who are college uh, graduates, who people uh, working a job. So why do people need this book? Well, look, quite frankly, I don't think everybody needs it. I mean, what I will tell you is it hit the Wall Street Journal bestseller list. So people are wanting it and they're wanting it a lot. Uh, we sold out the first print run. So my publisher are going, Nathan, how'd you sell so many books? We need to go print, you know, 20,000 more copies, which is great. Um, but look, um, you know, it's doing extremely well. I would say, I would say what I did is I wanted to give away most of the book for free at capitalistbook.com. So anyone can go to that link, capitalistbook.com, and see a bunch of free previews. But ultimately, what I wanted to do was just put screenshots, bank statements, tax returns. My tax return from 2013 is on page six. That's when I was 23 years old. I just dropped out of school. Um, you see on page 34, Bob, the email script that I used to get my first $700 customer when I was 19 in my dorm room. So students can copy this. They can then graduate with their own five, 10 grand a month side hustle and then build an empire on top of that. Great. That's, uh, I really got so much value from this book. So can you briefly tell my audience, you, you started the book with the five rules to break. You know? So what are the five rules to break? 
Yeah, so there are four rules that you want to go in and break. Maybe you came up with a fifth that I don't know about and I need to add it to the book. Uh, but that's great. Uh, there, but there's four rules. And, and I have to give some premise here. The reason most people are broke is because they are following these rules. And so you say, well, why do these rules exist? Well, the reason is because people that are already really wealthy and powerful, Bob, they don't want other people to take their wealth or power. So they make the ladder of success harder to climb. And it's unfair because that's the same ladder they climbed to get their wealth and power. So what do they do? They lie to the masses. They sell them on these rules to keep them broke. And those rules are they'll say things like, you know, don't copy people, be unique, or, you know, set goals, right? Or, or they'll say things like, focus on one thing, right? These are all wrong. In the book, I break down why you should copy your competitors, never be unique. I break down why you should focus on systems, totally ignore goals. They're very dangerous. I talk about why you should always be doing multiple things, never focus on one thing. And I also talk about why it's very dangerous to follow the hot topic and rather you should be selling pickaxes to gold miners instead of, again, trying to sell the hot topic. So these are the four rules you have to break to get rich. Great. So one of the rules I want to discuss with you is like um, the rule to break the focus on one thing. So I, I have an opinion on this because a lot of, I know someone who tried a lot of things but did not succeed in any one of them, but it's like doing 10 things at a time. But so this rule that we don't focus on one thing works. But I think it should be tweaked to get one business going, get one business going successful, like how you started Heyo. You know, it was successful first, and then you build on top of it. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, but I had five things going when I launched Heyo. Yeah. See, that's the thing. You don't know. You're, people are ignorant. If you tell me you know what's going to be successful when you start, I just, I'm going to say you're full of shit. You, you don't know how to run an experiment because listen, the people that get the wealthiest are the ones that launch a bunch of things. Let's say five things tomorrow. They then carefully watch which one starts to get momentum. And then maybe like this one gets momentum. They do more of that each week and this one dies. They kill that one. Now they're down to four, right? Then once you get back down to like three or two, you launch five new things, right? And this is the hot thing from the first set of five. So you keep building that, but you've launched five new things. It's like each month you want to be adding like a new five kind of things to test and then you're going to pare it down to one by the end of 30 days and that's how you end up building a new revenue stream every single month this is why i have over 30 revenue streams today great so um i love that and one of the rules is sell pick access pick access to gold miners you know i love that idea can you elaborate more uh, to my audience yeah, I mean, just a lot of people today are not that smart. Uh, what I mean by that is they'll hear about like something hot like Bitcoin or cannabis and they'll go put money in cannabis or Bitcoin. The problem is if you put money in things that are a hot thing, it's already extremely competitive. There's no margin for you and I, Bob, to make money. So what's smarter is to sell pickaxes to the gold miners. So sell a cannabis accounting tool or sell a Bitcoin listing service. Don't actually do the hot thing. The example I like to use on this is Mr. Levi back in the 1800s. He's going west, going west because of the gold rush, jumps in the mines and he's like digging, right? He's sweating, he's bleeding. He hates being down in the gold mine trying to find a gold nugget, right? A lucky gold nugget to get rich. And he says, you know what? The smarter way to do this. Everyone's wearing jeans. I'm going to go launch a jean brand and sell everybody jeans every day instead of waiting to try and get lucky in the gold mine. And that's what he did. And today, Levi's is a multi-billion dollar jeans brand. So you want to sell pickaxes to gold miners. Do not follow the hot topic. Yeah, I love that idea. You know, like the recent Bitcoin uh, blockchain rush has died down, but a lot of people have made money out of it, making pickaxes. So 
one of the topics of the chapters in the book, you talk about how to create passive income with real estate. You know, you said get it, get a real estate. If it's the rental is one percent of the value, you know, get a property management company to run it, um, and then you know can get a passive income. In the end, you own the equity of the real estate. So that yep. I totally love that idea. So, but I have a question to ask you. What do you think of people buying real estate for where they live? You know, how does that fit in? What do you mean, real estate for what? So, buying. So, you, in your book, you talk about buying real estate and renting it out to get a passive yeah. income. But yeah, what if that. you bought it for the for where you live? What if you bought it and lived it in yourself? Well, listen, I did that on a bunch of mine. It's called an FHA loan. In order to get an FHA loan, you have to actually live in the place for at least six months. An FHA loan means you can go down as low as putting only 3% up to buy the, the place. So if it's a $100,000 place, you only have to put up $3,000 in cash. So let's say it's a two-bedroom, two-bath. You live there for six months, you have your mortgage payment. Once you then leave, you still only put 3% cash up front. You only put up three grand, but you can start renting it out for more than what your mortgage payment is. And look, this is like hard stuff to do, but I put all this stuff in the book, right? I mean, I have my rent roll here. The first property I bought in college, this is page 123. So people can go read exactly how to do that. But Bob, I recommend that when you buy a place, you live there for six months and then move out, right? You get That means you get FHA loans. Now, if you're actually living there with like your family of like, you know, two kids and then, you know, you and your spouse, four people, um, I don't recommend renting out obviously where you live. Then you have to like travel every week. However, if you have an extra bedroom or two bedrooms, you can put that up on Airbnb and obviously make money that way. Even if you're not in a hot topic or hot location in the book, I break down how to make money really no matter where you are. Um, if you want to use Airbnb, there's some tactics you can use there. Great. So, um, I would, I would definitely try it out and hopefully one day own a real estate. So also, um, I'm actually based here in Malaysia in Kuala Lumpur. So in your book somewhere, you talk about, you know, going for a 45 day holiday in Asia without paying, uh, without paying for it. So can you tell us more about your adventures in Asia? Yeah, so I went to Bali and Bangkok, uh, you know, obviously Thailand a little bit. And um, I wanted to do this trip. And I said, you know what, I'm gonna see if I can get this stuff for free. So what I did is I sent this email, uh, which I'll show you right now. I sent this email to a bunch of hotels that I wanted to travel to. It's on page 106 in the book, right? Right there's the email script. So I sent this email out to people and basically said, look, I have a 4,000, 5,000 people on my Instagram following me. Will you give me two or three nights at your hotel for free? Because paying for that would have been like 500 bucks a night. Well, these people said yes. And you can see, all I did is I just took pictures like this and put, at the hotels and put them on my Instagram, right? This is on page, again, 109, 108. So I ended up getting almost $45,000 of free hotel stays, airfare and all that stuff using my very small Instagram following. So really anybody can do this. It's just about knowing how to ask for free stuff. Great. I actually tried it today. So I actually called a hotel in Bangkok because I'm going to Bangkok and tried the media rate and said I have a lot of LinkedIn followers instead of Instagram. So I'll let you know if it works out. I'm supposed to email a salesperson. So Good. I'm going to let you know if it works out. Yeah. That's what happens, by the way. You call the hotel. You say, what's the media rate? They always will say, let me connect you to our sales team because the sales team is who handles the media rate. And then you negotiate with the sales team to figure out like how many nights you can get for free. Yeah. So yeah, I'll let you know if it's a success and hopefully I get like a media rate in Bangkok. So that'll Good. be great. Good. So, um, so another way that to build passive income is to buy companies and sort of generate passive income. So you have an amazing story of, you know, buying top inbox, the top inbox. So you even got paid 
uh, $15,000, you know, to buy the company. So Cal New, I know you've said it in many other interviews, but, you know, can you tell the audience that story again? Well, but by the way, it's a remarkable story. I mean, a lot of people think you have to have a lot of money to buy companies. And the fact is you can actually buy companies with zero money. In fact, I got paid $15,000 to take over these companies. This is usually the first email I send out. It's on page 153. I just say potentially acquiring the company. And this is the email script I use. So anyone else can use the same email script. What happened with this one is they had about 30,000 active users on the tool on the Google Home Store, which is about 30,000 email addresses. So I knew if I bought the company, I'd get a big list with it. So ultimately, ended up buying that tool. I spent $1,000 on that one. But in the other one that I bought, which is called the Top Inbox, you can see that story here, right? The Top Inbox on page 162. This one, I ended up getting paid $15,000 to take over. So, and then I put up a paywall and now I've made over 130 grand from this particular tool. And I even put my, my Stripe, you know, screenshot in the book so you guys can see it, right? It's on page 178. There's the Stripe account for the tool and you can see all the sales, right? $130,000 worth. So, this is essentially an infinite return. And so the reason I put these examples on the book is because I want people to understand if you know what and how to reach out to people and where to find them, you can do this too. And so, by the way, not everyone can. Once everyone starts doing it, there'll be no money to be made left, which is why, Bob, the first people who buy the book have the biggest advantage. I'm serious because once everyone does it, it just won't work. Yeah. I think I'm one of the first people who get it in Asia. So I still have a, some sort of leverage. So you have a lead. Yeah. So one of the reasons I really love your book is you always tell people if you have zero money, this is how you do it. You know, you have zero money. This is how you get a real estate. You know, this is zero money. This is how you buy a company. So that's what I totally love about your book. So yeah, I did, I did not want this to be a book for rich people to use their money to get richer. I want it to be a book for people who are broke as hell like I was in school and how you can, again, become a capitalist, become very rich, multi-multi-millionaire with no capital to start. I've done it. You can do it. But again, it, it, it does expire, right? So even if you don't buy the book, go to capitalistbook.com. Look at all the free screenshots and previews and scripts there. Um, and look, I back all this up, Bob. You know this. I back it all up with income statements in the book. Page six is my tax return. Page 243 is a $6.5 million acquisition offer I walked away from. So I back it all up with data and facts. Great. I think I lost you for a bit, but it's good. It's good. So, um, so a lot of your success, you know, comes from building a personal, uh, you know, having some sort of brand, you know. So do you think that someone who wants to be a capitalist would actually work on their personal brand? Well, look, I think everybody is a brand today. If you're not branding yourself, somebody else is, and that's a very dangerous spot to be in. So everyone should be building their own, their own brand today. Um, um, that would be my answer to that. I don't think it's required to be a capitalist, but I do think it's smart, no, no matter who you are, to be building your own brand. Great. So I'm, I'll, I'm going to ask you a more you know, executional personal question. So I, I'm a marketer. I built my business on the back of LinkedIn. So I create videos on LinkedIn. So that's where I get a lot of eyeballs. So right now I've managed to get clients from the States and Hong Kong and everywhere in the world. So I've managed to build like uh, a following and managed to start a consultancy business on this. So in, in your book, you tell people uh, how to monetize their email list and, and a lot of strategies. But for me, 
uh, as a you know digital nomad marketer, what advice would you give to grow um, you know um, to grow my passive income? Well, what are you at today? I'm on your LinkedIn page right now, so I'm going to go to one of your posts. I mean, how many views are you getting per per video when you post it? Um, average about two thousand views. Okay, yeah, I see this one you posted with um, Jody Collins at Read Digital. Thirty-four likes, nine comments, seven hundred twenty-one views. That was one week ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just scrolling down. Um, oh, yeah, here's another one. Here's another one with Next Academy with Audrey, where you got. Yeah, thirteen hundred views. Yeah, about one thousand. Sometimes can be more. Yep. Yeah. So look, what I would be doing, what I would be doing is, uh, sorry, your question was, how do you make money off LinkedIn? No, or you know, how? What advice would you give to me? You know, like as, what about, as about what? Like about building passive income, or, or like building a system, or building a passive income from, um. From what I do now, I do digital marketing consultancy. So a lot of my work comes as a consultant. You know, I've not built a passive income yet. But what are the ways you see that I can build a passive income? Well, first off, every every passive income stream starts off with like consulting work because you'll consult amongst a lot of clients. You'll see they all have the same problem, and then you'll figure out how to like build a piece of code or technology around that problem that doesn't require your time. And that's how I started Heyo, right? I sold $70,000 worth of agency work, professional services, before I figured out how to automate it, right? And sell it as a piece of software. That's how that became passive income. So what I would tell you is you're doing the exact right thing. Do consulting work until you're making about $100,000, $200,000 per year, right? Save your money, spend less than what you make. And then once you have five or 10 grand saved, use that to use a site like toptal.com to find the engineer to build a tool that you would use internally at your agency, once you, you like that tone, you use it, then tell your clients about it that you're already working with and start selling them direct access to the tool instead of having to go through you to use it. That's how you build a passive income stream. Thanks, Nathan. That's amazing. So I'll definitely do that. I'll definitely. And one day when maybe two years later, when I, when I manage to do that, I'll let you know. I get 5%. <laughs> so um, one, of the, one of the strategies that you teach uh, and I... Um, you know, I love is that you teach people to invest in distribution. You know, you almost try to buy success magazine. So why is it important to, you know, invest in or buy distribution? Because there are so many people that think they're like so smart and they're like the best because they have like an amazing product, but nobody freaking knows about it. Right. I mean, I meet so many brilliant people that think they're going to be like, like they're really smart, but they're actually very stupid because they built something and nobody knows about it. So it's way more powerful is actually to buy or own distribution channels. So that no matter what you build, even if it's not the best thing in the world, you have channels to sell it through. You then use those sales to make the product better. And before you know it, you have the best product. So distribution, I think, is way more powerful than any product. Great. Uh, one of my favorite chapters is where you teach people how to buy businesses, how to go to G2 Crowd, how to go to various, um, you know, websites to look for softwares with uh, high users. And, um, you know, it's not updated for a while. I love that. You know, what are the perks of buying a business instead of starting in your own? Well, look, buying a business saves you a ton of time, right? I mean, some of these companies that I buy, the founders have been working for four or five years on it. So by buying it, you're saving like five years of your life. I mean, this is how you get incredible leverage. You buy companies. Don't start them from scratch. 
Right. So I think you've said this in a lot of interviews, but how do you find software companies, you know, that are, are good to buy and, and your own strategy? Well, first off, a lot of people might be listening that don't know how to run a software company or they don't know how to code. So they might be going, should I buy a software company? The answer is yes. On page 220, I break down how you can buy a software company, even if you're not a developer. So the place you look for to actually find companies to buy, you want to go to places like the Google Chrome kind of extension store. There's hundreds of extensions there that you can buy. Just look for one that hasn't been updated in a long time. That means the developer probably doesn't care about it anymore. You can then reach out to them using a tool like eTools or Email Finder or, or Hunter, right? Get their email, cold email them in the subject line, say potentially buying or potentially acquiring, you know, your tool and then go from there. Um, you can also look in things like G2 Crowd, right? And Captera, right? These are lists, hundreds and hundreds and thousands of tools that you could potentially buy. Amazing. So another thing that I really liked out of the book is you teach people how to monetize their email list. But uh, my question to you is, how did you manage to grow? How, what strategies did you have to grow an email list? Well, I already talked about this, right? I didn't grow it. I, I bought it. I, I, bought bought it. A I bought a company called Send Later in the Top Inbox. And that came with a huge email list, right? So, so again, a lot of people spend like $2 per lead on Facebook ads. And they spend hundred grand to get a 50,000 person email list. Well, guess what? I got paid 15 grand and I got a 70,000 person email list with it. So it's way better to, again, buy assets with distribution channels like email lists attached to them than it is to build them from scratch. Great. Um, so um, I like you talk when you talk about your mindset. So sometimes you say, you know, you view life as a game, you know, you find out about the rules and you find out what the rules are and you find ways to um, sort of leverage the rules. So I love that, um, that, that mindset. So in the beginning of the book, you said um, you thanked your parents in the beginning of the book. So my last question to you is, you know, how have your parents impacted you? Look, my household was flipped. My dad was the stay-at-home dad, right? And my mom was the breadwinner, a triple entrepreneur and real estate and pharmaceutical consulting, right? So that was fun for me. I got to see that that flip. They always, when I was growing up, they would always make make me like make decisions. They never tell me yes or no, but they'd encourage me to think of you know proactively about either do this or do that. And that ability now to like make these decisions and get leverage and basically convince anyone to do anything you want, I think it served me very, very well. And so I thank my parents for learning that. Also, none of this, none of this works without hard work and hustle. And I watched them just hustle so, so hard. So those things, you know, the hustle helped me get lucky, essentially. And then my brains is what allowed me to use the luck to make a lot of money. Nathan, for, for my audience, since you're so successful, can you, um, I know it's online, but can you reveal your age to my audience so that they know? Sure, yeah, yeah, I'm 29, I'm 29 today, um, and I was uh, 19 when I launched my first company. Great, so I think if you can do it, anyone can do it, and thank you so much you know, for all the value you bring to the world. Really love your book. Bob, thank you so much for having me on. Again, I get 5% of everything you create from now on, okay? Okay, great stuff. So.